0: Hello and welcome to the guest cast, the podcast where we explore guest stories from real people and look at how even the briefest interaction with hospitality while traveling can have a profound effect on a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by TouchStay Digital Guidebooks. As guest happiness fanatics, we want to dig into real life guest experiences and learn about what really makes guests happy and what doesn't, hopefully picking up some great tips of vacation rental professionals along the way. So join us each fortnight as your hosts Andy and Tayan chat to guests from around the globe about their travel experiences. Introducing said hosts.
1: Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences so having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about.
2: Hi, friends. I'm Tanya Marsink Marcink-Hammond, and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touch Day Digital Guidebooks. So
0: pack your bags and get ready for this week's guest.
1: Welcome to the next episode of The Guest Cast. This week, we have Catherine Warrillow and I was intrigued by Catherine's statement on her LinkedIn profile that says I say what I think out loud and I really admire that because I'm one of those people who doesn't say what they think out loud I think too much about stuff so Catherine welcome to the podcast
3: thank you so much Andy
1: Why don't you give us a little snapshot of your background? I see you're you're an all-round PR guru slash legend. Um, And actually, before you do, I note that you worked for, um, for Mecca Bingo as the head of PR and content. Little known fact, my first ever job was at a bingo hall. And I was behind the bar serving drinks. Um, and I thought as like this 18 year old, this was going to be a great job behind the bar, but the reality of the bingo hall was it was full of, um, 60, 70 year olds, not to be dismissive about 60 and 70 year olds, but in the large part, they were drinking tea and coffee. And all I got to do was serve tea and coffee as opposed to pull, pulling pints, which I thought I would be doing. So, um, and, and I was back in the days where people smoked in the bingo hall as well. So I used to reek of smoke, cigarette smoke afterwards. Um, um, but I'm sure uh, your time there was was um, very different from that because it was a nice sort of modern bingo hall from what I can see 2019 to 2021. So yeah I'd be interested to know a bit about the bingo but tell us a bit more about your background.
3: Yeah absolutely and obviously all the best careers start in bingo halls Andy because of, it's totally character building isn't it? Um, but as you say bingo's come a long way in the last uh, 20 odd years and we still have our very loyal, hardcore tea drinkers, but um, there's kind of bottomless brunches and gin cocktails and party games and all sorts of other stuff that's totally diversified the world of bingo. Um Ooh, that um, sounds since,
1: good. Since that sounds like the place to be now.
3: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, I had an absolute blast working for Mecca. Um, I was there for two and a half years to try and transform their PR and, and content strategy really, and match up this new immersive experience with um, a comm strategy that cut through because there are lots of preconceptions about bingo that there, there is kind of this idea that it's the blue rinse brigade and it's all kind of eyes down, total silence. If, if you get a call wrong, you're going to be chucked out and never let back in again. So A a real challenge, but as um as you rightly picked out from my LinkedIn profile, I tend to say what I'm thinking. Um, and I think in an industry that's ripe for innovation and change, you've got to be willing to put your head on the line a little bit and and say what you think and, and be a bit brave with your decisions and. I always think back to that um, the clip in Big with Tom Hanks where he's sitting in the boardroom playing with the skyscraper transformer, and he sits and he says, "I just don't get it. It's not, why is that fun? Where where's the fun in this?" And all the suits kind of turn and look at him and say, "Well, of course it's fun. It's a, a a robot that turns from a skyscraper back into a robot again. Why why is that not fun?" He said, "Just don't get it." And I think you've got to be willing to say that um to anyone um if you if you don't believe something's right or original or or funny or different um and especially in PR I mean my gosh the 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 pressure to get cut through and and make headlines or not even make headlines make the small print these days it, it's so tough um and from a, a brand marketing perspective you've you've got to tirelessly come up with new original creative ideas or certainly reinvent tried and tested creative ideas with your your own take on them and and really that's what gets me out of bed in the morning um, that opportunity.
1: Um, But what you're doing now, Catherine, uh, from your LinkedIn profile is you are the MD, the managing director at daysout.com, which I like the the line on the LinkedIn profile says building the most brilliant ticketing site for attractions there ever was. So it sounds very interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to do anything, do it as big and bold as you can, right? So um, I joined daysout.com in January of this year. Um, I've always been in kind of Travel, tourism, leisure, as I said, and um, the opportunity came up to head up the UK strategy, and I absolutely jumped at the chance. Um, getting involved with something from the the inception, from the start, um, the chance to help grow and shape a brand proposition, a marketing strategy, build a team, um, bring all the right pieces of the jigsaw together is absolutely kind of the most exciting challenge for me and as a random side note I I'm always kind of thinking about my own personal brand and how I add value Um, I'm a massive oversharer on LinkedIn um, and I actually kind of did a bit of research with my network to find out where they actually thought I added true value and it was interesting because the things that came up um, weren't things that immediately would have Sprung to mind, and one of those was kind of getting the right people in the room, connecting people, making new relationships, and making sure the right people are part of a conversation and 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 that 's really quite true and we've just set up um uh, an an attraction marketing network for the whole industry on linkedin to to bring people closer together to get people talking more to share challenges, to be really transparent about what 's really difficult in the business at the moment. And, and help make it easier um, for each other. Uh, and one attraction I spoke to the other day kind of hit the nail on the head for me and said, if if we if we um, if we all kind of collaborate, we all win together. Um, and and that is absolutely the right philosophy. And something I was reading in a, a nice little book um, the other day um, called "It's not how good you are; it's how good you want, you to, want to be." Says. Um, don't hoard don't keep information to yourself when you share everything and you have nothing it constantly encourages you to come up with new ideas and innovate and I think that's so true Um, and I've always kind of I've always respected people who are very generous with their time and their knowledge and um, they kind of they're very open about their journey or their strategy or their approach and I think that is absolutely the right place to be Um, if you have to keep things secret, it almost feels like you don't have true confidence in what you're doing. Um, And and for example, when we're looking at the new website designs today, for for daysout.com, I'm so excited for everybody to see it. There's no fear there at all of of judgment or criticism. And it's iterative, and it will change and evolve and improve. But I just can't wait to get it out there and, and see what people think. And And again, as part of the the role at Days Out, that's so exciting.
1: We'll come on to your story in a second, but there's as as is always the way on these podcasts, um, when we have guests that start talking, there are things that, that sort of organically crop up. And one of the things I was really interested there about what you said was you used LinkedIn to ask people what they thought you did well. I think I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of it. We're usually into asking people what we didn't do so well so that we can improve and I think this has great parallels with hospitality when we're looking for guests to leave us reviews we're often not doing either we're often mm. looking for just a kind of a nice pat on the back you know you've done well you know it's a great stay etc and what we don't usually like to hear the bad things but also, I don't think, I might be wrong time, you might have a different view, but I don't think we solicit people to say, can you actually tell me what I did right? And I think that is super powerful because if you know that you can really double down on that. I think it's a really interesting way of looking at feedback that it can be something that, um, uh, uh, it's not negative feedback, it's very, very positive feedback, but in so doing, it allows you to really nail that thing and to be even, you know, be, be more consistent going forward. We, we, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's valid?
3: Yeah, 100%. And I think so. the, the example I just gave, I asked people um, what three things they think I'm known for, where I add value and why they'd recommend me to someone else. Um, but in the context of hospitality, I think, yeah, we don't do a particularly good job of asking the right questions at all. And and that should be a mix of what did we do particularly well, or what exceeded your expectations, and equally where can we improve? Um, I stayed in a a holiday rental in Staffordshire last year with my family, and it was stunning property, absolutely stunning, great location, great views, great space. But there were some things that just totally missed the mark. Simple things like there was it was a big house, sleeping ten. And there just wasn't enough space for shoes and coats. So they were just strewn all over the hallway. And as a a kind of a mum running a busy household and designing the house around children who, and husbands and probably me as well, who leave coats and shoes and bags everywhere. That's really important because you end up climbing through stuff to get in and out the front door. And when you're in and out of a holiday rental property, you don't want to be climbing over stuff all the time or tripping over shoes you want just it's the whole premise with holiday rentals now is a home from home isn't it so you want the space to be designed so it's really easy to live in and I think the whole kind of outdated guest book comment uh, we had a lovely stay thank you and, and the homemade cake in the kitchen was a lovely touch doesn't really tell you anything you didn't already know but asking for improvements, i.e., it would be great if there was somewhere to put um, coats and shoes, or um, there was no hangers in the wardrobe, or um, the kitchen is missing kind of basic implements. So, whatever it might be, um, we were confused about how the TV worked, or the windows didn't open, or all of those small things that people don't take the time to comment on as a rule, are actually invaluable um for a host and the same with the restaurant experience I, I go back to the point of kind of saying what i think out loud there's a there's a great polite constructive way of delivering feedback in a restaurant if something's not quite as you expected it to be and if you don't say then how does how does that business improve its offer um but i do think you should equally take time to stop and say thank you, that was exceptional, and name check people, in, in any hospitality or retail business. Um, I was in a, a, I think it was a, a Boots or a Superdrug um, recently, and the woman was just exceptionally friendly, and you don't often get that, um, and she was just chatty and polite and helpful, and it was just nice, and, and so I said to her when I left, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat while you've served me because it makes a massive difference to your experience in a store Um, and that is just incredibly important when we do so much of our purchasing and transactions online these days where there is no interaction between human beings in that process so I think it stands out of country mile when people are receptive to feedback they take your comments on board they're friendly um and and that's your whole kind of customer service and marketing strategy rolled into one um delivered in a really easy way through people's behavior and it's free it's free to do that why would you not capitalize on any opportunity to to exploit that situation
2: I think Catherine, that leads us right into your story that you're going to share with us uh, about how you made a mistake and it was the customer (laughs) service that really definitely saved your holiday for sure. Yes. Um, So we,
3: I think we were due to go abroad um, during 2021 and um couldn't because of um ongoing covid restrictions but it was during the period where lockdown had lifted and uk travel was fine and relatively safe um bar the usual precautions and um i had been tasked with finding something quite quite late um in the day i think i say late it was probably a month but um like many families we would probably prefer to plan a bit further ahead. And. Um, I thought I had booked a holiday cottage on the coast in Cornwall and we were really excited and I'd spoken to the hosts on the phone and they were incredibly helpful and they gave me some recommendations of things to do in the area and because it was um, relatively early out of lockdown it was in a period where you really needed to book ahead for everything. So we booked restaurants, we booked a few activities, we planned a few other things, and we were really looking forward to it. Um, and then our son got COVID, and day ten of isolation would have been the day we were due to travel. Um, so that we, so we knew we were going to need to arrive at least a day late. So my husband contacted the hosts and explained the situation, said. Could we either arrive a day late, or even better, extend our holiday by a day and shift it back um, slightly? And so they looked for our booking on the system, and lo and behold, they couldn't find it. And so panic set in. (laughs) My husband was frantically texting me while I was at work, saying, "I'm on the phone, and they can't find our booking. And you definitely booked it, haven't you?" And um, I said, "I definitely, definitely booked it, and this, that, and the other." And it must be there somewhere. And then radio silence for the next 15 minutes. And then he called and said, um, darling, <laughs> you um, you haven't booked this Cornish escape that um, you thought you had. You've booked one of their sister properties in Devon. And I kind of said, how is that possible? I spoke to them on the phone Um it it's ridiculous and you go through that kind of thought process of blaming everyone except yourself the website the technology the person at the other end um the dog I I, I couldn't figure out how I how I'd gone wrong and I was really frustrated because of the fact that the, this woman had sold me the dream of everything that we could do in the area and I booked this amazing seafood restaurant and Another place that apparently is really difficult to get into, and I was all kind of smug and happy with myself. And it put a huge down on things. And I know this is such a first world problem, and we are incredibly fortunate to be able to go away as a family and book a holiday and enjoy that quality time together. But when you've kind of got yourself geared up for something, and you've kind of planned a bit of an itinerary. It, it took the shine off things slightly, and and I was like, "Wow, I'm going to start again now. I'm going to, have to cancel all the restaurants we've booked. I want to redo my research." And the host of the site we had booked was so helpful and sweet and accommodating, and um, said, "Well, we 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 think you're going to have." an even better time with us and these are all the things you can do locally and lo and behold we rebooked new things and we had the most astronomical week ever Um, the weather was incredible it was a much quieter area than we were going to previously so it was more kind of hidden gems and little kind of coastal inlets and bays Um, and it was just perfect and I should have Kind of got off my high hots and and known that from the start, but every day that we kind of went past the reception and the kind of resort office, so to speak, the staff, without exception, were so lovely and chatty and just interested not in a sales way, not in a pushy way, not in an upselling way, not in a do you want to book this trip tour excursion way? just genuine useful insightful local knowledge and that ranged from um pubs and restaurants to beaches to ways of getting to places or um, the best way to book things or even right through to um my son got stung by something on his foot at the beach and they instantly said oh that'll be um one of these certain type of fish that lurk in the sand in the rock pools and don't worry no harm done it might sting a bit but it in a bowl of ice water and it will draw out the pain from the sting and you'll be you'll be fine and just little helpful things like that and it it was lovely and we got the absolute most out of that week because of that added insider knowledge and I must admit it's really um, influenced the proposition for for daysout.com in terms of the difference in value between reviews and testimonials versus tips and insights, um, and and how different those two things can be. Um, reflecting on an experience is one thing in terms of a review, but giving someone insider knowledge is totally different and, and invaluable. Um, and most people, like myself, will, will absolutely suck up all of that type of information and find it hugely beneficial to, to a stay, um, especially if you're looking to kind of go off the beaten track a bit and not go to the usual um tourist traps um and that's certainly something we were looking to do so so yeah i mean it turned from a disaster into a hugely positive experience and a positive reflection on the customer service for both the site we thought we were going to and the one we actually went to um and and it was it was yeah a thoroughly positive experience throughout
1: are you allowed to name who this organisation was i'm quite intrigued of course you are it's our podcast <laughs>
3: absolutely and do you know what you've put Sorry. me on the spot and i um i can't remember what they were called off the top of my head it was some and i will find it it was something like west key holidays or um something like that but i they do deserve a name check so i will while we Sounds are talking good. i will um multitask and find them um because yes yeah yeah absolutely or well, we um, can also put it in the show notes. yeah i think it was, oh southwest holidays there we go name check southwest holidays um they were brilliant um and i'm sure all of their sites are equally lovely but the one we went to in devon was um, beautiful
1: <laughs> southwest holiday parks or southwest holidays
3: yes yeah southwest holiday well, parks you're here's another right. little known
1: fact they are a touch day customer.
3: There we go. We've joined up the circle. Isn't that satisfying? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and w- when did you stay with them?
3: Um, that would have been yeah, um, end of August 2021.
1: Oh, they they should have been a touch day customer then as well. We'll have to we'll have to swap notes afterwards about where any of these Absolutely. recommendations in the guidebook. book. Yeah. Um...
2: <laughs> so, Catherine, I want to come back to the point that you made about the insider knowledge, the tips and insights versus reviews, and I recently had a very similar experience um when we were planning our trip to scotland uh, for this month and i came I, we wanted we've been to scotland once before when we eloped we went up to isla sky and we're going back to that point exactly the same place we stayed at again, but I wanted, we wanted to do things that were off the beaten path, that type of thing. And yes, I'm relying on our host information, but I was also doing searches and I came across this site called secret Scotland and it's all guides on exactly, um, car trips that you can do and off the beaten path things you can do. And they have the itinerary of exactly where to go, how long it is, how long it'll take you, mm. all those insider tips of information on what to do, at an extremely reasonable price. I didn't care if there's reviews on there or not, because they were giving me that insider knowledge, those tips of what things to do um, that you don't normally find on all of the, mm. um, the other sites. And it included the logistics of it. And when you're planning a large trip to another country, you know, to me, that's a big thing is the whole logistics as Andy knows, cause I'm always asking, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need more information. I got my logistics to plan out and the transportation and go, coming from a different type of transportation in the U S to the type of transportation you guys have in the UK. It's same, but different type thing. Uh, And so learning those cultural differences and um, having, again, the insider tips and information is so important.
3: Absolutely. And I think there are two very different type of personas at play here. So there's my husband, who is probably more akin to the overseas visitor, who wants that detail Um, suggested itineraries how long they take how to get there whether to bring lunch if there's somewhere to eat locally um, other things to pack other things to consider other nearby attractions that you might want to do afterwards like the the full works and then there's me who wants a 30 second summary you could go here you could go there you could go there and I want to arrive and figure it out myself even if I get lost or it takes four hours rather than one um we have to drive an extra half an hour to a pub and we didn't bring any snacks or like I'm a wing it all the way so I'm one for those really bite-sized level of tips and insights um, but you have I think you have to find that balance to serve both of those customers because there is a really even split of those two different types of people um, and you have to give people a really digestible way to get that top level surface information and then go deeper if they want to um, to to write through to that full extent that you suggest of buying into uh, either a downloadable guide or a book or something else um and it, it's figuring out how you tier that al- almost I think and just not overwhelming people with reams and reams of long-form content and reviews that also the same thing um so that people can get to what they want and the level of detail they want really quickly
1: I find that really really interesting because it's this it's this psychology of how you present information which in your mind is understandable but to the recipient is completely not understandable either because you're not explaining in a way that they would understand or because you're too mm-hmm. verbose or too short for the two different types of people that you're talking to um, and I I think that it's one of those things that is so overlooked when creating any kind of content, website content, articles, whatever, touch their guys, you know, PDFs, whatever. Um, and, and I liken it to. Um, this thing we always say, Tyan, which is to, to, um, to host some managers who should put themselves in the guest shoes and do a walkthrough of their home and see where things are. And when they're doing that walkthrough, take somebody who is the opposite of you. So if you're very design focused, take someone who's very operational. If you're operational, take someone who's designed and then they'll see different things. I think the same applies to the content. Have someone who is not like you read the content you've produced afterwards and tell you what they would like it to be like and i think you end up with a balance of in my opinion anyway i think it'd be great like at the top of any content you have a very short form version which is like for you catherine just you know the easy bits and then you have for those who want more detail underneath a much longer form version so you end up creating the same amount of content but you are just structuring it in a way that that will work for different brains
3: I totally agree. And when we were designing the daysout.com website, we went through 67 iterations of different designs and four of us working kind of on that project team, all very different um, opinions, um, strong opinions, including myself, um, different expectations, different vision of how that um, content should perform. And it was worth having such different mindsets involved in that process because of exactly what you've just said Um, you've got to look at things from different perspectives you've equally got to remember that you're not the customer even if you are if you do fall into kind of the demographics of one of your customer groups Um, you can't design something because you like it you've got to design something that gets a message across quickly and also you've got to have a brand um, look and feel that instantly makes people think this is a brand that I identify with and I would trust and want to buy from. And this is kind of a non industry example, but I toyed with the idea of getting our milk from Milk and More for a long time and just couldn't justify in my mind spending that extra kind of 40, 50p a pint to save the planet. And that sounds terrible. Um, but there just wasn't an, a compelling enough reason. To make that change. And then we got um, an A4 letter through the door from the Modern Milkman. Exactly the same product, pretty much glass milk bottles delivered to your door, along with the range of groceries if you wanted them. Pretty much the same price as um, the previous kind of competitor. But I was instantly engaged by their brand, their copy, their tone, their personality, their philosophy, and the fact that they had an app. And the app was really user-friendly and the experience was really personalised and it told me kind of how many plastic bottles I was saving every week. And I signed up on the spot and now as a result, I pay 40, 45p a pint more for my milk because I'm invested in the premise and I'm invested in them as a brand and the kind of the green credentials that come with that and they've just been really clever and conversational in their approach and really succinct in their USPs. I got it instantly um, and it made me feel the way I want to feel about a purchasing decision. And, and that's what's important to be able to do that quickly and easily. And then, like, like we've said already, let people go further into that journey if they want to, if they want to understand more about um, reducing waste or um, what actually that difference means in in reality or or anything else um yeah so it, it's a real challenge for a marketer, especially if you're really close and invested to your proposition you do need to step back and also bring people in um to look at um
2: a proposition and, and give you a more subjective view I think it's a really, really good point. Um, Especially, I want to come back to the trust points uh, because in the vacation holiday rental space, uh, we're perfect for scammers because we're asking people to send money to strangers months, year in advance. And if you've only seen photos on a website. So we have a lot of trust Mm -hmm. building to do uh, with our guests. And you've mentioned a lot of key things with brand Um, reviews, of course, build trust points as well. Um, and I really think the insider knowledge that you've talked about, um, is a good trust point and your story about the customer service that you were given. Uh, and even when you made a mistake, their customer service really went over above and beyond to make sure you had a really great stay. So what, what other things can we do to build those trust points? Um, as far as our brand goes, um, you've also talked about succinct USPs, uh, what else can you give us?
3: I think a huge amount of it is about personalisation and humanising the process. So, one of the things we're doing for Days Out is making sure our people are across all of our content their faces, their names, their personalities, their backstories. Um, And I know we're not reinventing the wheel here, but I do think in our sector in particular, we're not great at putting our people at the forefront of the story. Um, And I'm a massive believer in having a kind of a brand story that joins up product origin purpose value all of those things Um, and bringing your people to the forefront of that is a huge trust signal i mean we all expect instant responses to customer service now i mean i literally rely on facebook messenger for customer service i would never pick up the phone to a brand unless it was an absolute urgent crisis situation or potentially like you say a fraud situation or or something like that I would probably want to get on the phone but finding out someone's refund policy or um, checking if they're running special events or a guest menu item or just even availability with an independent brand Um, and I think we expect custom service responses immediately if not within a very short space of time and when you get a response from a person named in a chatty conversational way it goes a huge way to build trust and I think I've read something interesting recently about typos in content actually being a positive because it feels more authentic (laughs) so when you get um a response a customer service response that maybe has a bit of slang in it or the punctuation isn't great or um they sign off with their name and an emoji brilliant because it's real it's not automated it's not a chat bot I think chatbots serve a purpose but I don't think they're the be all and end all um but when a real person is dealing with your query um it, it goes a huge way to building trust and confidence in a brand. And I think if you can continue that feeling across social blog, on-site, um, email, phone, then brilliant. And I think you stand out a country mile. And one of the other things kind of that I think is really important is the kind of random act of kindness, surprise and delight type element of service in that it it doesn't cost a lot of time and effort just to make someone's day, especially if you've let them down, even if if it's a tiny mistake, an error on a website or um, something really small, just go above and beyond to fix that. And you've got an instant kind of brand advocate who will spread positive word of mouth. And I think, yes, you can invest thousands, if not tens of thousands in, or millions in, in marketing, advertising, brand. But actually, you could spend five quid sending Haribo suites through the post to someone just to change their day a little bit um, because they've either given you feedback, positive or negative, or taken the time to interact with you as a business. Why would you not do that? Um, and yeah, I think you, and anything you can do to personalise and humanise a brand is, is imperative.
1: I I like your question, why would you not do that? And I think the the question is, um, it's a good one, like to challenge people, why would you not think about personalizing it? Why would you not think about performing an act of kindness? Why would you not think about X? I guarantee the answer is, I've got too many other things on my plate. And I think that's valid, but I do think that increasingly, the trend is towards personalization especially after the last couple of years that we've had people like value that connection more so I would say okay there is lots on your plate I'm guilty of this as well too um but but chop off the things that are on the plate that aren't as important as personalization and prioritize it
3: yeah I'm with you Andy and I think all too often a lot of those things on that plate are things like write 17 performance reviews um file expenses um do more competitor analysis um check in with the boss again like all those things that actually they are they important are they really important are they are they moving you closer to that vision probably not but it, are there other things you should be doing that could move you closer to that vision yes and all too often that to-do list is of things that are easy to cross off or they are things that we've always done. And we're a bit stuck in a rut. Mm. And I think you've got to, you've got, you've got to change that mindset. I mean, some things I, I sometimes think, do you know what, that's tiny and insignificant, but actually it's not, it, it might be a tiny insignificant quick win But actually, that could snowball into a series of ongoing, everlasting wins that create your whole brand purpose. One of the things we did when we got our first ever email subscriber for Days Out, um, we sent him a party for one. We tracked him down and emailed him with the address he'd signed up for and said, look, you're our first ever email subscriber. We want to celebrate you um, so we got his postal address from him and sent him a, a a party in a box with Prosecco and party poppers, confetti cannons, chocolate, um, funny glasses, like all sorts. And he very kindly did this little video of him unboxing his party for one. And it was just it was just nice to celebrate the small things and. Um, and, and that takes people by surprise and it's fun and it's different and and selfishly we like we got some great content out of that too um and it was it's different to what anyone else in our sector is doing um and it brings people into our world and it takes people on the journey with us and i uh, we want kind of b2b support to launch and we want consumers raving about us from day one and to do that we have to bring people on that journey with us and and make them part of that um, that excitement and i think anything kind of small however insignificant it might seem to improve the the guest or the customer experience
2: is absolutely invaluable i think that's brilliant and i'm going to put out a challenge to all our podcast listeners I want you to contact us, whether it's email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, you're on LinkedIn, even uh, find us and tell us what is that little thing you do for your guest. Is it a welcome note on arrival? Is it you finding out they're celebrating a birthday? So you put a cupcake and balloons at the house on arrival. What is it you do? Listeners, dear listeners, do let us know and then um, we can have a conversation over on Twitter. Uh, find me at Tyann Marsink. Are you on Twitter, Catherine? Yeah, I am on Twitter. I'm not as active on Twitter. The best place to
3: find me over sharing is okay. LinkedIn. So, Catherine Morello on LinkedIn. Wonderful.
2: Well, we'll have the LinkedIn links um, over on the podcast episode um, show page. Notes page. And um, yeah, everybody share with us what it is you do. Um, I know I've got a few things I've shared before. And I think what Catherine has talked about with her story, um, how the accommodation provider did go above and beyond with the additional uh, trips, uh, tips, and insider knowledge to make sure they had an amazing stay and what it is that we should do um, to build trust points. And celebrating those small things, I think is super key to that as well.
0: Maybe you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on The Guest Cast. If you do, head to touchday.com forward slash podcast and send us a brief outline of your story. And as always, remember to subscribe to The Guest Cast on your favorite podcast app, leave us a five-star review, and say hello on our social media at Touchday Welcome. This podcast is brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Learn more about how Touchday can help make your guests happier at touchday.com.